What tart? In movies. Quite continental. But diamonds are a girl's best friend. I guess I was discovered. Men grow cold as girls. I know you're supposed to get used to it. And we all lose our jobs in the end. But I just can't. I've played Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe. I can't face doing another scene with Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn doesn't exist. When I come out of my dressing room, I'm Norma Jean. I'm still hurt when the camera is rolling. Marilyn Monroe only exists on the screen. Hello, welcome to Movie Umbers. My name is Bob Sheehan. I am Angela. The sounds of your maybe dogs and the theme this month: women in crisis, troubled women, women be in crisis. They be in crisis. There are crises happening in this movie. The subject matter is uh, an infamous one. Uh, it is of a lady. Maybe you've heard of her. Her name is uh, Marilyn Monroe. Mm, um, mm, mm-hmm. Originally known as Norma Jean, and we watched. Um, well, that was her birth name. But it's a fictionalized account based yeah. upon a Joyce Carol Oates novel from 2000, and apparently this movie is—they've been trying to get this movie going for a long since time. 2010, and they finally finished filming it in 2019, uh-huh. and then everything got kind of put on hold because of COVID. Yes, and in 2022, they released on Netflix the first NC-17 streaming movie. Three hour long NC-17. Wasn't that Deep Throat documentary? I guess it wasn't a Netflix original, but that Deep Throat documentary was pretty lucid as well. Remember that? We saw that on Netflix a long time ago. But it was a documentary. Documentaries don't don't get rated the same as movies, right? No, they do if they get theatrical releases, but I, I don't know the status of that one. This movie is Blonde from 2022. Andrew Dominic directed the movie. It has about four movies. Uh, he directed The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. It's my kind of dad bonery movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that movie was very, very good. It was. Written, adapted by Andrew Dominic, based on the Joyce Carol Oates novel, as I stated, and starring Ana de Armas, mm-hmm. Julianne Nicholson, Adrian Bro- Brody, Bobby Cannavale, and uh, Javier Samuel. The music of this movie is by Nick Cave and his uh, longtime collaborator, Warren Ellis. Mm -hmm. From Plan B Entertainment and Netflix. It's kind of funny that... (laughs) It's Plan B. We get a lot of fetus talk in this movie. Well, the fetus talks? Mimi! Listen, I have some... Mimi! I have some big... uh, I have a few compliments for this movie. Some serious critiques. 
for this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I would say the same. I'm not mad at the movie. No. Do I think it's like some like, oh, you got to go see it banger? I wouldn't say that. Mm-mm. I would say this movie has similar issues that we maybe criticize Maestro for. Not enough editing. Little, uh, well, there's always editing, but it's just a matter of the kind of editing. Um, I you, guess I'm just saying. So I you're blaming this all cut on the, some shit out. You're blaming this all on Adam Robinson. No, I don't mean the editor did a Fuck bad you, job. Fuck you, Adam Robinson. I mean the storyteller. There is no reason when Marilyn is pregnant for us to literally see inside of her uterus. <laughs> there is no. I thought it was reason that baby was all the baby they would show. That shit was like. Eight months, man. Like they, also have- they should show the little fetus that looks like a fucking little baby elephant. Well, the first time that she gets impregnated, they show the sperms and the eggs like it's the fucking opening of Look Who's Talking. Yeah. It was a little stupid. <laughs> they should have had uh, Bruce Willis and Roseanne Barr do the voices there. All right, this movie, we I haven't read the Joyce Carol Oates novel. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. there's well, this Liberties, as always. Andrew Dominic. He admits that in interviews that a lot of his other movies are very much man heavy. And this one, it's the center. It's centered of uh, a famous woman written by a famous woman adapted from a book written by a famous woman. But he's not a woman. He is not. And Andrew Dominic, Norma Jean, we watch the cap. We always watch the captions in our movies. So when Marilyn is talking, it always says Norma Jean on it. Every yes. single time you'll notice. The the struggles of Norma Jean as she created this persona that became extremely famous. Mm-hmm. And we all know the story. She cr- it crashed and burned and she overdosed at her home by the end. We know the end. And this is completely fictionalized, by the way. I mean, it touches points that we all know. But we we have to remember that this broad is, strokes that this is made up, right? Especially the certain details of the family. But the mother actually did go crazy, and she was in and out of foster homes quite a bit growing yeah. up. But it's about Norma Jean is suffering under the weight of this idol that she created for herself, yeah. and like she throughout this movie, she's very much kind of trying to argue on behalf of recognizing what's inside of her at the same time. Marilyn's making all the money, right? Marilyn's drawing all the eyes. Marilyn's getting all the attention. No one talks to Norma Jean. They mm-hmm. talk to Marilyn. There's a couple people who talk to Norma Jean. But there's also these moments where they want to present her as smart and shrewd business-wise. But it's like kind of silly and a little uh, goofy the way they do it. Like she'll quote Dostoevsky or something. Chekhov. And Chekhov, she, she read, seems read to Chekhov. be up on classic Russian literature, but we never actually see her like reading books or anything like that. It's just kind of, that shit kind of felt very tacked on. We see her writing poetry. Yeah, she did recite poetry. She tried to read a poem to Joe DiMaggio at one point, played by the lovely Bobby Cannavale. It goes through her very young childhood until she goes into a foster home. And then we completely fast forward to a, a quick montage of her with her natural, like, red hair. Posing. She's like a brunette, wasn't she? Well, it's like, I think I think maybe my image of her is a little confused. I think it was like an auburn brunette red 
hair. Actually, Judd played her in a movie once that I watched, and I think they did a more redhead because it probably just looked better on yeah, Ashley yeah. Judd. And I have that in my head as being her natural hair color, but she was not a natural blonde, at least. But, you know, some stuff of her posing, you know, topless, nude. Sure. We all know she's a beautiful pictures. woman, you know. And then all of a sudden in these photos, she gets the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, she's still, you know, working as Norma Jean, but Marilyn is starting to come out. And you see her in a very difficult scene go to a casting agent and he rapes her. Yeah, he's straight up like not saying a word, just kind of bends her over. And I don't want to sound, I don't want to make light of any kind of thing like that. But there was, um, sometimes you just get thrown fucked up shit so much that it starts to come off a little comical. Oh, I know that sounds dark as shit. It's like the precious effect. You know, the movie precious where she gets shit on and it's at the bottom of absolutely every moment to where you're like, Oh, what next is this going to, and then it literally happens. Mm. Maybe it doesn't kind of cross that, but it is like, but the movie just feels kind of insane. Well, and how that is presented. I've read some I've read some criticisms of this film that it's very on one hand like you said there are these moments where it tries to make her seem intelligent, but it's so small compared to the rest of it. That's kind of what I was saying. And it's very earlier. like it's still it's weird that it's she's the main character but it feels like a very misogynist film. Yeah. Th- that's the criticism I wouldn't. I don't know if I would go that far, but I've read some criticisms that and very exploitative. I mean, it could be. I feel like I do think Dominic is trying to strike that vague balance to where it is something that is trying to show her as a victim of her circumstances. Sure. But I think there is a hint of misogyny mm-hmm. in there, not just by what's obvious in the movie, but by the what is presented all around her. Absolutely. Uh, to give Dominic some credit, I think he actually is trying to put both of those things up and trying to strike that balance mm-hmm. and using misogyny in a specific way. Yeah. As you just stated, I was touched, the, the, the stuff that makes her smart is just kind of very much explained and not shown as much. Mm-hmm. And there's another part where she nego- renegotiates. Apparently she was a very shrewd businesswoman. I mean, she was like a top star for like a decade until she died. But we get one scene where she's also like broken and battered, but she's negotiating to get paid as much as another actress for... She wasn't broken. She was refusing to do the movie because she was pregnant. She didn't want to say. But she's always... I'm saying she's incessantly like shattered throughout this movie. Oh, yes. She cries a lot. She's very very much wilted. Did Marilyn Monroe... Because I don't know... Did she have the sort of Paris Hilton thing? Like, I wanted in those moments where she was Norma Jean to not talk like this. We don't get the Norma Jean chapter. We skip it. Maybe you could say that the way she talked, the way she was, was all by design to get what she needed out of the film industry. I I believe that, yeah. And so she's kind of just trapped in there. And we, the Norma Jean that we, that we're looking for that is claimed that she's, arguing on behalf of is still buried she's broken in there too. she's like the kid that's that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what i do like that that we get norma jean only as a child yeah and we see pictures of norma jean pinup time and then it's platinum blonde from yeah. there on yeah that actually makes a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. and i think that is a that is one of those compliments we're going to give this movie yeah and there is also a little bit of um oh anna darmas 
Well done. Mm-hmm. I, no complaints about her role no, there. No, she did a great job. I think uh, the, another movie she was in was the first Knives Out. Yeah, she was much the, better than the second yeah, Knives Out. Yeah, she was the nurse in Knives Out. Practically a chameleon there. I did not recognize her at all. Oh no, neither know. did I. We do hit real chapters that she know that we know she went through. But one thing I I don't know if this is real or not, but she had basically like a thruple with Charlie Chaplin Jr. and Edward G. Robinson Jr. You never knew your father. So you're free. You can invent yourself. I love your name. Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds totally phony. (laughs) I love it. Like you gave birth to yourself. And they're by, you could tell. Oh, yeah. But they didn't like, I mean, other than putting their arms around each other and touching each other, they didn't really play up the bi-ness very visually. It was just always more implied. You knew it, though. You they, did they know did it, it. They did it plenty to know. And it seemed like they knew her as Norma Jean. Yeah. They called her Norma Jean. And you could tell that Marilyn was happy about that. Oh, yeah. But, they saw her for who she was. But she gets pregnant, and that kind of fractures the whole thing. Well, yeah, she gets pregnant and then she gets scared yeah. and then she she calls her agent for help to get an abortion. And this was a really tough scene for me, too, because she like has made that decision and they pick her up in the morning and then she's in the car and she's like, no, I don't want to. But at this point, she's told her agent, so they're going to make her. Yeah. Like she doesn't get to say no at that point. Like she would have had to not tell anyone and never get in a car they put her in, I think, to not have that happen. You right. know? Like, maybe for the whole pregnancy. But, like... But she's under, like, anesthesia or whatever. And, like, no, no. And she's trying to be like, stop it, stop it. You remember the last time we got a scene similar to this? Yeah. Riding the bus with my sister? I changed my mind! I changed my mind! When uh, the sister Rosie was getting carted back because she got an abortion, too. I changed my mind! Powerful, powerful scene. I loved the relationship between the three of them, though. It was kind of fun. The Gemini, they said. But she, they kind of, they kind of uh, lead you to believe that she was more in love with Cass, who was Charlie Chaplin's son, that they had more of a bond. Yeah. But the three of them were always a couple. Thruple, um, a thruple. Thruple, sorry, thruple. Oh, her and, mother, she doesn't know who her father is, and her mother has this picture. Well, we see in Young Times when she eventually has to go off to an orphan. Her mother goes insane. But there's a picture of that the mother claims is her father, and the mother's always been like, oh, he'll, he's going to come soon. He's going to come see and you. And he's big and famous. You, you, I can't yeah. tell you his name, but he's, he's important. So this specter of an unknown father, we don't even know if that's even an accurate, probably not. Uh, accurate photo of who he really is she may have been the daughter of a man her mother was having an affair with who maybe wasn't apparently the mother worked in the studio but she wasn't an actress she did like some yeah like splicing film or doing some shit like that but yeah so that specter of the father like the lack of the father is something that just constantly is haunting Marilyn. she's always looking for that father figure, even to the point that, like, she calls, aside from the boys, when she starts date, I'll call them the boys, but Eddie and Cass, every man that she dates after that, she calls them daddy. Yeah. 
So she calls Joe DiMaggio daddy. She calls Arthur Miller daddy. Daddy, this is so beautiful. After Cass and Eddie, and obviously that imploded after she got the abortion, the next thing you see is her with Joe DiMaggio. But when she's with Arthur Miller, that is the time when she seemed to be the most content. And she got pregnant. She was like everything. But she was addicted. Here. She was she was addicted not, prior to that. I don't think she was. That's not how the movie plays out. I'm not saying she wasn't for real. She is pregnant with his baby and she's so happy. And that's when the baby talks to her and it's weird. The baby's like, Don't abort me. <laughs> you aborted the last me, baby. Mommy. Don't hurt me too. And she's like, really? That was a different baby. No, it's me. I'm always here. It was so creepy <laughs> as fuck. Um, but I also, I also at this point said they could probably shave 30 minutes off the movie if they just didn't do any like fetus shots. And we needed also, more. They did, like, I, look, they did like in the vagina. Listen. Oh, those, those are great. Uh, duck lip <laughs> shots. We're getting the duck lips, like getting the pride open to get that baby that out. That was when you could see the doctor's face. Those are funny to me. Yeah, that was funny. This is what I'm like, talking about. be funny. This is what I'm talking about where it's pushing that line to where it's. So insane that well, you have to actually kind of laugh at. This I have shit. to say, I did not feel that way in the, in the in the rape scene in the in the office. Well, I wasn't laughing at the well, rape. No, scene. but you were talking about like when she's doming the president. Where, yeah, I'm I'm kind of laughing. Well, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that part was a little honestly. Not saying it didn't but, happen. No, but oh, but, we'll get to that. But I I didn't say this, but one of the things that really got to me the most when she was in that casting director's office at the beginning was that the secretary knew what was going to happen. And judged her for it. And judged her for it. Yeah. She didn't know that was going to happen. That's her first um, wake-up call. There uh, there was a part where when she meets Joe DiMaggio, as played by Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of our favorite character actors. Love him. That he's like, uh, how did you get your start in this business? She goes, I don't remember. And she flashes back to that getting raped by the producer but she was also a pinup girl and a model. Like but that's was her. Fr- that's how she got into the movies. Ugh. Just like as it was in real life, um, that marriage did not work out. No, no, and 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 yeah. So she never got pregnant with him. That was very quick. He got very jealous. They per- spent a lot of time on the dress flying up. Yeah, yeah. Portion of a- the movie. Apparently, he was quite jealous and did maybe get a little physical with her. Yeah. So. Good the, casting on DiMaggio and Arthur Miller. I agree. Adrian so, Brody Adrian fucking Brody, looks like Arthur Miller. I thought he was so good in this. And, yeah. and that's why I just, I love that that time when they're in the house together and they seem both very happy. She's, she she is Norma Jean and she is uncomfortable. Like she doesn't actually believe that people really like her. Like his friends are there. Mm-hmm. And she's carrying a tray out onto the beach and she trips over a rock and and has a miscarriage and that is then when she could not handle her life. Yeah. And that is when her the gentleman who like did her makeup, Whitey, who like helped her get ready and stuff. Right. Whitey's another man. He kind of stepped in with like a doctor and started like medicating her so she could get through her day. She's mm. drinking a lot, she's popping She pills. can't get through a movie without an injection or a pill. Mm-mm, not even a scene. Like she can't And she's like a giant star at this point. And there's one point where she says she's not going to work and she's like in the room crying and Whitey shows up with like all the makeup and everything and he actually says Within the hour, I'm going to evoke Marilyn. So even, like, that's also just even, that's even um, presuming that the people around her 
knew like this is you and you're broken and fragile but Marilyn is a star and she can handle this and let's bring her out yeah and that scene I really liked because she's still crying with this makeup on and then all of a sudden her reflection turns into this smiley beautiful yeah, lady yeah. and it's it's very it actually made me think of perfect blue just that idea of there's who she really is and then there's the image right and and about like a little over halfway through the movie she starts getting letters from someone who's who says it's her father yeah. and it's always like signed your tearful father your tearful father i swear i'm going to come see you real soon and she's he just even admonishes her sometimes about things she's done really judges her on like certain movies or roles her old lovers Cass and Eddie blackmail Joe DiMaggio with pinup pictures now this scene was is a little ridiculous because these are pictures that you could they were out in the world mm-hmm. at the time she literally walks backstage at a movie she's on and the the topless calendar of her oh, is yeah. like right there mm-hmm. so that was kind of like dumb you can get rid of those negatives but that's not gonna Get rid of all the pictures and the posters and the calendars that are already yeah, out there. And they and they use that as like a catalyst in the movie to be the start but of But would him. Joe DiMaggio be dumb enough to uh, actually fall into that blackmail? Possibly. Possibly. They were just trying to get some money. Yeah. And <laughs> well, Arthur Miller does seem like a decent dude, but she's but her addiction breaks them up yeah but she's also like he's very much a highfalutin she wants to be a serious actor and she does kind of train but she's also self-conscious about what his friends think of her mm-hmm. but yeah she does lose the baby in spirals and it doesn't explicitly show them divorcing no but, but then she's know, living alone but and- it's dead right and then we get and then she uh gets a call she gets picked up to go see a man and it's uh uh, another person who was known to have some kind of dalliance with, and that is John F. Kennedy. Maybe the the most accurate portrayal of John F. Kennedy in all of film. This whole scene <laughs> was disgusting. I'm sorry. Was, I'm dark as fuck. No, it's I fine. I felt like this was weirdly funny. I understand why. <laughs> but if you if you think about it from like, if this is really the way they treated her... The way that they portrayed it is these, like, Secret Service guys are literally, like, picking her up and dragging her down the hallway. Uh, I they're think, uh, they're throwing her into... In terms of Secret Service guys facilitating these Absolutely, kind of but I just mean, things. like, there's no... Like, she's drugged out of her mind, and they're just, like, dragging her. They're being rude to her. And then they they push her in a room for her to get ready. And he's just laying in bed. And then, yeah, she comes in, and he's laying in bed... And he's on the phone with like a lawyer talking about these accusations of young and girls. And he's like pointing. The door is open and the Secret Service guy's just like reading the paper in the fucking doorway. She starts giving him a handy and he keeps being like, come on, baby, come on. Yeah. Do it better or whatever. Come on, get out. And here. then she ends up giving him a blowjob. Yeah, which we kind of show through this. I mean, there's a lot of weird surrealism in this movie. Yeah. And some of it is look, looks really sharp and others is... Seems a little heavy handed when she's blowing JFK. And I was really annoyed that his accent wasn't a little more stereotypical. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot funnier. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, it wasn't supposed to be funny. No, but, but I expected but he, it. But we're talking about characters who have their own persona outside of Maryland. Mm-hmm. And then having this very exaggerated, stereotypical JFK accent, uh, accent I think would have lent something to I do too. this. 
like bullshit personas on bullshit personas. And, but yeah, he's like, yeah, get it, slut. Like he's straight up like. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he, well, and then she tries to like talk to him after and, he, and, and you get the idea that then he beats her up. Yeah. Like straight up, like he just grabs her and then, and then, then goes to she, and her. she, she goes, they take her home. She's got a bloody mouth. It straight up is like, yeah, the president just like raped her. Yeah, he did. Because then, they, yeah, they throw her in the bathroom and she's not, bleeding and she's trying to go to the bathroom. We're not saying this happened. No, this is what this is what they lead you to believe in this movie. But this is uh, JFK fanatics out there. You, if you love that, if you love your Kennedys, oh yeah, like that. I see. I can't do the accent. I know it's like a Bo- a Massachusetts accent, but it's more blue blood. I can't really do it right. You know. Mm. I wish I could though, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm a John... Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, she, she continues to spiral, and they also propose that she becomes pregnant with JFK's baby. Mm. And she goes to sleep, and she's awoken. Men are in her house, and they take her to get an abortion in the middle of the night, and she keeps saying, this is just a dream, this is just a dream, and she's, like, laughing hysterically. It's just a dream. See, I know you're sick of the fetus shots, the CGI fetus shots, but imagine a fetus with the JFK voice. It would have cleared four. four That's the she-hate-me version of this movie. (laughs) Uh, But... But yeah, she gets that then shit she's sucked up. Deposited out. back into her bed, and she wakes up and is like, "God, that was such a terrible dream." But then she pulls the covers back, and she's all bloody. Yeah. So it, it it's kind of one of those things where if she was pregnant, did she dream of having an abortion and she miscarried, or did they actually like do that to her? But then they would have ended up leaving her to potentially bleed out. Which yeah, I mean, there are theories that they killed her. You know, so there's a you could. Who knows, right? Like, you could go any direction. There are conspiracy theories about whether or not she was murdered. But if she's already, like, junked out, it's it's just plying her with pills, right? That's, yeah, yeah. That's just it. Yeah, I mean, the I, whole... She also was a meal ticket. Like, she made crazy money. So yeah. people are just trying to placate. I think we have this, we have this thing where, like, this, it only happens when celebrities die of overdoses. Where we're, like, looking at... The doctor, like you, fuck you, doctor, and honestly, fuck all these doctors up. Just yeah, feed they just you. give you, yeah. But they're, but these are people, powerful people, very significant people that are going to get what they want. I understand what you're saying, but I do think the other side of that is, but if they're that far gone, yeah, can they even make the decision of what they need? And at that point, you are just. Like you said, you're just propping them up and painting their face and moving their feet one in front of the other. You know, that's how it but comes if, across. But when it comes out, like, for example, Michael Jackson, yeah, I can't know. get on this stage. I'm in pain. I'm not doing this show in fucking Romania until sure. you give me these pills. And then it's you got a cycle. It's a cycle. And then all these people who have promoted and set this up, all these ticket sales. There's just something about it that fuels that. But and the doctor is corrupt, no doubt. But it just seems like when a famous person eats shit like this, that it's focused on this one person and not the whole thing that is. Oh no, the whole thing the is whole the problem. Thing. It's just the most pointless scapegoating ever. Eddie contacts her, Edward G. Robinson Jr. And tells her that Cass has passed away. But 
they've sent a package to her house because he wanted her to have something. She's like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything. And he's like, well, you were his heart, and he would want you to have it, and I think you'd want to see it. And she opens the box, and it's this tiger stuffed animal that they had found the night that she told them that she was pregnant. And it, that was actually a sweet scene. It was one of the black and white scenes. We haven't talked about that, but some bits are in black and white, some bits sure, are in color. Sure, it goes back and forth. And there didn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to that. At first, I thought it was black and white when she was sad, but then there's happy moments that are black and white, so I didn't understand. I don't think it was as pointless as the maestro way of doing it, but... No, the maestro way was definitely more pointless. I mean, I understand why maestro was doing it, and it may be for similar reasons here. Anyway, What's in the box? I like... Yeah. that's And then there's also a letter. And the letter says... is basically Cass confessing... There was never a tearful father. I was writing all those letters. And that spirals her to where she overdoses and dies. The end. Yeah, she's, it's, it's a fucking tragic. Mm. She's a tragic, this movie paints her as a tragic, tragic figure who at so many different points in her life could have been okay if she had just had a baby. Yeah. That's how they act. Yeah. Or had a daddy. Or had a daddy. Had a family. Mm. You know, she tries to reconnect with her mom in this too. And like, she can't make that happen. Mm. Because her mom is far gone. And also, we said at the beginning, this is an NC-17 movie. Yeah. So we see like a boner at one point, very briefly. I mean... Tons of boobs. Yeah, we see kind of like her head as she's blowing the president. Her hand... I was actually looking at that. It's her... You see... You don't see his dick, but like it is very graphic. Yeah, yeah. They could have honestly shown a little more in the threesome scenes, to be honest. Because that's when they did my least favorite thing where... They were on drugs, and I guess that's what they were trying to get across. It was maybe her first drug use was potentially with them. I don't know. Mm. But they kind of suppose that because they bring out a bottle of pills, and then they're all fucking. But they do this thing where they, like, stretch out the picture in weird ways. Like, it's all, like, morphy Mm. and bizarre. Oh, yeah. She gets some sort of hallucinations where she's going through a crowd, and their mouths are, like, Opening oh yeah, that ha- yeah, that's shit. interesting. A bunch that of that actually looked kind of cool. That did look cool. And there were parts where she was kind of flashing back to some wildfires occurring as she was growing up, as she's going in and out. Mm-hmm. I mean, some things could be a little, a little cheesy, but I thought worked. And some things that definitely just were. I don't know if Dominic uh, hit it as hit it out as much as he needed to, but there is something very memorable. This movie is, I feel like it's going to be pride in my head. Like I'm, I'm, you know, Marilyn Monroe, who's represented in media, um, a lot. And I can honestly say I'm, maybe I need to revisit other Marilyn biopics. It seems like they put one out every eight years or something, but this may be like the most memorable one and maybe the, the better of it in terms of just really like sticking in your craw. But we also, in discussing movies for our show here, our little show, mm-hmm. it has lent itself to us like being able to remember more of these movies. Yes. I've seen a couple Marilyn movies. Like I mentioned, there's one where Ashley Judd plays Norma Jean, and I can't remember who, but Is it's like Mira called... Sorvino plays Marilyn. Like, oh, it's two different actresses. Norma Jean and Marilyn. It's That's what Norma it was Jean called. And and, but, but what's interesting to me is I don't think anyone knows enough about her to just tell the story without an angle. You know, like that's part of what makes it so mysterious is I don't think anyone really knows anything about how she actually was. Like unless Arthur Miller was going to write a book about her. 
Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. And maybe even I mean, he she, didn't really know her. I don't know. I, I am. It makes me, it, the movie succeeds in making me more curious about her. It does. Like, maybe I want to find a biography or something, you know. Yeah. We like a lot of old movies, but we haven't really watched a lot of actual old Marilyn Monroe movies. I saw some when I was a kid, but yeah, I sure, don't. Sure, like, it's, she's not one that, I mean, we just, I don't know. It's for some reason. We're maybe more Rita Hayworth than Marilyn mm-hmm. Monroe, but. Yeah, that can change. I am a little... This movie did make me more curious. And this movie, I can't say, um, was boring. I can't no, say that. No, it's not boring. It was long. <laughs> it was a little too long. I wouldn't say it was terribly boring, but it was a little too long. But let's put a bow on this fetus. And <laughs> you're going to give this one through five. I'm going to give this one through five. Combined for best out of ten. Okay. I am going to give it... A 3.25. Matched. So that's a 6.5, which I, we've been hitting 6.5 a lot. That list is getting long. But, you know. But let me, let's check it it's out. It's just above mid. Just above mid. Let's see It's here. a fine movie. So, but no, like you said, I wouldn't say go out and watch it. Yeah. I actually think we're a little higher than a lot of ratings. It seems like people are really up it and down has, on think, this movie. Yeah. It's gotten some serious criticism. Although, apparently when it was debuted in at a film festival, I don't remember which one, it got a 14-minute long standing ovation at the end. And Anna ended up in like tears. <laughs> Interesting. I know. I I mean, yes, she did an amazing job. And if we're just going to clap for her, absolutely. And maybe if you're in a theater seeing this, like that's so interesting. Maybe that, you know, kind of lends itself to part of it as well. I'm actually going to drop it to a 6.25 okay. overall. So I guess I'm a three. Andrew Dominic's Blonde, the fictional adaptation of <laughs> Joyce Carol Oates' fictional novel uh, about uh, Norma Jean slash Marilyn Monroe is a 6.25 it shares that ranking with movies like Rabid, The Element of Crime, The Equalizer, and X-Men. Okay. So, Andrew Dominic's Blonde, it's at least as good as uh, X-Men. <laughs> if not better, it's up to you. So, whatever you want on it. Our ratings are really more to put this movie on a list to prove that we watched it. They could always change. I don't see this one shifting a lot. Uh, but it could. You never know. You mm-hmm. never know. But uh, yeah, an interesting movie on Netflix, NC-17, not for kids. And uh, especially if you're a huge fan of the Ken- Kennedys, I actually recommend you watch this movie. Most accurate JFK in film ever. Oh, compliment to the film. They do not do the happy birthday, Mr. President scene. There is some things that, you know, it's fine to skip. I actually think... I mean, I said it before. I actually thought it was kind of cool skipping the the older Norma Jean chapter. I actually think that was a, a smart move. I don't know if the book plays that up, but you there's it's based on the themes of the movie. It makes sense to skip that part. But yeah, so check the show notes for links, other places to find us. Uh, we'll be talking about the 1981 film Possession this Friday. Uh, so uh, more women in crisis all month long like subscribe leave a comment correction fun facts i love shit like that and we will see you again friday for oh actually tomorrow for a academy award best picture drop and then after that friday we'll be talking about 1981's possession so come on back now watch your back girl (laughs) 
this time, will you? Not do what you did the last time? I didn't. I didn't mean to. Yes, you meant to. It was your decision. That was me. It's always me. <laughs>